Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. Hi, and welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday. I'm so excited to have my friend Katie Leverand back here. And if you are a regular on the podcast, you may remember a very vulnerable interview that we did with her where she was actually in a neck brace after a neck injury after falling off a horse and it was such a powerful interview that in the midst of trauma you really can heal yourself and it is an invitation to heal yourself and so we were just kind of catching up we fast forwarded about god how long has it been almost six (laughs) i don't know the timeline but somewhere around there Um, let's see i december yeah beginning of december was when I guess we met in the fall during that. And then December's when I got my neck brace off. So yeah, you were so brave to let us see you in that transformation. And and you joined my Fearless Feminine Academy because you were working on a book. And it was just such a divine timing. You know, I was just, it was a powerful experience definitely on my end. And just excited to see you back in action. That was a great connect. And I'm so glad that I met you during that time. And you're such a fun human to know and so uplifting. And that community is such a warm, you've created a really, a warm, uplifting community of women. And that's such a nice, it's like a nice, soft place to land kind of thing. So I'm thankful to be a part of that community. So thanks for creating that space. Yes, we're relaunching in May. Actually, it it got pushed back a little bit because we had sort of relaunching the podcast and getting a YouTube channel up. And so we've had some stuff behind the scene that's kind of been dominating. But Fearless Feminine is coming back in May. So super excited for the next round of that. And thank you for those beautiful compliments. And yeah, don't we all need a soft place to fall, especially after kind of what had happened to you with falling off the horse and having the neck brace? But, you know, I just feel like you were on such a powerful mission to get this book published. And so when I and some really amazing stuff has happened to you since then. So I I gave a little bit of a teaser, but just sort of why don't you give me a little brag intro? Tell me all the amazing things about you and what you've been working on and, you know, the magic that does surround you. Right. (laughs) The magic that surrounds me. Yeah. So I. I have been working on a book for the last, I mean, for a while. So I went through this kind of transformative journey about, I guess, in 20, it started in 2016, 2017. I started to really de, oh, dissect my life and kind of take it apart and look at the religion that I held as, you know, true and all of these things that I had thought were factual for the first 30 years of my life, just kind of starting to question those things. And it really, it really created a crisis in my life because it's, I think when you're a teenager or in your early twenties, it's expected for you to like question things and, you know, start looking at how to see the life, how to create a life that you want and how to think for yourself. And I did that a little later. It's a little harder to do when you're like married and have three children and you start to like question the way that you're living and wondering if it's like actually 
aligning with the truth or your truth or whatever. And anyways, so that was its own journey of not just, I hate to say going through a divorce because I feel like my divorce was just a, honestly, just like a, a part of the, the real thing was like discovering me, right? Like falling in love with myself, figuring out who I was. And also the fallout of that was a tremendous amount of other things. And so that was already this huge journey that I was on. And I've been writing throughout the whole thing, mostly for myself to try to figure out what the, what the heck is happening. And also reading so many powerful stories that really held my hand through, through this time. And authors like Glennon Doyle and, and why am I blanking on names? Elizabeth. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, like just, I mean, so many people and I just thought, well, I'm so thankful that they took the time to share their story because there were so many moments I felt so alone. And so it almost felt like this duty. Well, now I need to share mine. You know, like I couldn't for a while. I think for a while when you're going through it, you kind of have to cocoon. And and then I kind of hit this point where I was like, I don't want to cocoon anymore. I want to, you know, start spreading my wings, flying and sharing my story. So I had already decided prior to breaking my neck, this is this is the time I need to stand in my truth and I need to like not be, I think there was an element even, I think when you go through something revolutionary. And for me, I had a really public, I had sort of a public life prior to this coming out of, of sorts. And I completely shut down and disappeared. So I had a pretty well-followed blog and social media account. And I even traveled and spoke a lot of times with my then husband. And when I started questioning my faith and when, especially when we started going through some marriage things, I just completely disappeared from that community instead of, instead of letting them journey with me, I, I, I committed social media suicide and I deleted my blog and I deleted my Instagram. I deleted everything and I just wanted to disappear. And I didn't want to be this persona that I had created for myself anymore. I wanted to be me and I felt like I needed privacy to figure that out. And so what I was doing before I broke my neck was I was like kind of coming out to, I still had this one platform that I had not completely destroyed. So I was starting to share my story on that platform. And the amount of response that I got was, it was, I was completely blown away by it. I was sharing, I was just like vulnerably sharing. This has been the journey of the last five years. And people were messaging me left and right. Just thank you so much for sharing this. This is what I've been going through. And other people needed a safe place to to tell their story. And so I was already going through this thing of I have to write because people need me to write and we all need to share our stories. And it's not just, it's not just that my story is important. It's, it's that everyone's story is important. And the more that we share, the more that we give other people permission to share, right? So it's, it's not about me. It's about us. It's about our collective whole evolving and becoming better and becoming more seen and So I was doing all this and then, yes, I broke my neck and that was very, that was a very traumatizing thing. And it really solidified that this is what I will be doing for the next three months is laying here in bed and writing my book. And, and then I kind of was, 
I was also going through just a lot of other, a lot of just some life stuff that was really hard. And I started to question, yeah, I started to like really question, like, should I be sharing? And maybe I want to cocoon again. Like I really was like, I think I want a turtle again. And I just thought that I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to being quiet. Maybe that's why I broke my neck. I was opening my mouth and, you know, it was like, shut her down. And I, I, op- I was really thinking this and I opened Facebook and you had just made a post and it said, what if you never write your book? And I was like, well, damn it. <laughs> what if I never write my book? And um, yeah, I'm so glad that we connected at that time because that's like what I needed was like that little bit of encouragement. So yeah, it's been, so I've been writing and what I have, you know, I started I started taking this online course from Marion Roach Smith, and she is a memoirist, and I really love the way she writes. And what I have learned from her, I, I mean, many, many things, but one of the most important things is that sometimes it's more important what you don't say than what you do say. Because I have really been struggling with writing and just not knowing what story I'm telling, because there are so many stories. We all have, like, we have a thousand different books in us. It's not just the book, right? And so as I've been writing, it's taken so many forms and, well, I could go this way and I can go this way. And yes, I learned this lesson here, but I also learned this one. And especially the older you get, you just have more and more and more stories. And that's something she has given me permission to write many books. Like I never, that blew my mind where she was like, that might be a different book. That's not this book. What's this book? And I was like, that's fasting because in my head it was always the book right yeah and you know it kind of reminds me of Glennon Doyle's journey because I remember having one session where you know the person was essentially coming out as a lesbian and was inspired by Glennon because obviously that's a big part of her story and so I sort of Mm -hmm. knew that frame but I actually started reading her like Christian mommy stuff first before Untamed came out and so it's interesting to see yeah. her journey. And I think that's also a part of your story is sort of right. burdening yourself for like the limiting parts of Christianity. And you definitely obviously have the mom thing as mom of three, right? And, and I think that that was what was so powerful. Well, so about she was able to do that. Yeah, and I, I really admire Glennon because I feel like she was able to do that way more publicly than I did. You know, I was a Christian mom blogger too. And, and a homesteader and the community that I was in, I was so, I made one post one time from a book from called A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. And I received a crazy amount of backlash about how that wasn't the Bible and it was heretical and da 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 da. And I couldn't believe I was posting that. And I, at the time, I was so... I mean, I was, I was so confused myself. And so when someone else was like, you're listening to Satan and your influences, da, 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 it was so triggering to me that I just shut down. So as if someone, if someone came to me now and said, you're listening to Satan, I would be like, I would either be, I would either be compassionate and be like, do you want to talk more about why you feel that way? Or I'd just be like, okay, (laughs) but 
at the time, like now it just, it would not, it would, I understand now that that's just a reflection of their own perception of life. At the time, I didn't feel that way. At the time I was like, maybe I am listening to Satan. Who the hell knows anymore? And so I just deleted it. So it was, I made that post about a return to love. I received so many messages and comments and just, I can't believe you would post something like this. And I deleted my Instagram that same day. And then I deleted my blog soon after. And that was a really big deal too, because that was my main form of income. (laughs) And about 30 minutes after I did it, I was like, what the hell did I just do? Oh my gosh. (laughs) But it's now just a part of my journey. So I really admire Glennon because she really stuck in it. And, you know, a lot of people have done that. Jen Hatmaker did that too. And she was like lit up and she transitioned and a lot of her beliefs and things publicly, I just couldn't. So that's me. I had a turtle. But then, yeah, coming back on this, on my, on my personal Facebook page is the one I never deleted. And that's where I started posting my journey. And I just, I have been so, I have learned so much and I've been so moved by people's stories and people that I never ever thought, I mean, someone reached out to me that I want to be really careful about people's stories and I, I don't, I definitely don't want to out anybody, but there was someone from our history that was extremely conservative. They have many children and we're good friends with them. And they reached out to me and explained that they're polyamorous and that they've really been struggling through this and nobody really knows and they're trying to figure out their sexuality. And, and, and so we're, and so, you know, we've been talking a lot about that because this, this person and this couple, they feel so isolated and, and now I've made them just a little bit less isolated. Right. And then there's, that's one story. And I've gotten like hundreds of these messages and it's just, it's been so life-giving to me just to have these conversations with these people that are trying to figure out who they are and expanding their worldview and da da da. And so, I don't know. It's been a really, really neat process of me just sharing my story on a very small platform. And so I'm excited to see how that expands. But I'm also a little nervous because it it does open me up again to Mm -hmm. scrutiny and comments and I have to be ready for that too. Agreed. Well, it definitely sounds like at this point you really trust your truth. And and I think like the whole Christian piece, I think that there, there can be things that are very beautiful about that, like the community and the sacred aspects of it. I was literally just doing an EMDR session right. with someone who went to sort of like Baptist school, like that was kind of like Catholic school, but the Baptist version. And we were reprocessing the trauma mm-hmm. of like releasing, you know, negative views about being gay, about, you know, all the baggage we put on women and about just being afraid that, you know, I'm going to go to hell for having a tattoo or doing this or doing that. And like pretty, I would say like benign things. And so. I do feel like there's such a sort of control mechanism that's there. But when you're raised in that, I feel like that can be such a kind of gaslighting moment. And I want to be respectful because I think there can be beautiful pieces of the religion. And it's like the flavor of the different denominations. It really varies widely. 
But, you know, a lot of people have come to me in, in this area. We're both in, in Knoxville, which is East Tennessee, which is kind of the a buckle of the Bible Belt. So it's a pretty conservative area, I would say, in certain ways. Really feeling, you know, they were just scared to death to be themselves because they thought they were going to hell. And <laughs> I was talking to this person. I'm like, I don't, I'm not asking you to believe this, but what if there's not hell? What if they were like part wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think what's beautiful is just to mm-hmm. hear you know, that there are so many different ways to live our lives. And I think so many people have these like secret shames where they just are not, it's like deep down inside, they don't have a safe place to explore. And, you know, with all my background as a therapist, like I've heard everybody's secrets. I know that these things are super common. I work with a lot of clients who are poly, a lot of clients who are LGBTQ plus, you know, some are out, some are not, you know, there's so many different variations. And so I also really get the the public part of telling your story and I've kind of been doing some kind of like vulnerable disclosing on the public eye for about I would say like four years now and it's definitely caused a few meltdowns I've definitely canceled a couple times and shut everything down particularly when my dad had cancer and was going through a tough time and I wish I had kind of like documented that because it was actually a tremendous time of growth and I was so in my heart I was just like crying every day and I didn't think I wanted to breathe that But I kind of wish that I had because it was definitely a very formative experience. But yeah, I think I'm just now finally to the point like that was the whole idea with Fearless Feminine is like to get over the fear of being on camera, of telling your story, of getting the retribution feedback if there is some. I even feel a little weird talking about like maybe there's not hell because when we put this on YouTube, I'm wondering what kind of comments we're going to get. I'm not saying you have to believe that, y'all. I'm just saying that that's what I'm questioning, Right. right? So I personally believe in reincarnation. So we'll put it out there just to be a little controversial. But, (laughs) you know, it's just it's so vulnerable to share your story. And I think I'm just finally, finally getting Mm -hmm. and I'm sure there's like edges as you up level. But I'm just finally getting to the point where I just really don't give a fuck. Like if you don't like it, like then I'm not your person. That's fine. You know, block or like Mm -hmm. or like you said, you know, sometimes it's a cry for help. And like I think you've done a really great job like connecting with the people who found you as a safe space. Yeah. And I mean, to speak on a couple of those points, there are so many wonderful and lovely things that I took away from my community and my culture and my religion that I'm no longer a part of. And that's that's part of the really hard part about deconstructing when you're leaving a very rigorous culture or cult is because there are probably some beautiful things too. And it's well, what stays and what goes. And it couldn't have all been, you know, terrible. And it wasn't at all. And there was a lot of beauty to it. It's just, yeah, yeah. And that's a whole other, that's a whole thing, right? But I think, yeah, so, well, with writing, this writing process has, I have learned so much from it. And my my editor, when I was writing, and I'm still writing my like memoir type of book, she, we were going back and forth and she was helping me look and kind of try to figure out what story I'm trying to tell, right? Because there are so many. And she suggested maybe we start with something smaller. And I started writing this other book, which is now in like the fourth or fifth draft of editing and waiting for her like 
last edits back. And I think this is maybe the final edit. I really hope it's the final edit. But this book is a lot shorter. Mm -hmm. This one is, it's called How to Human. Have I told you about this one? I remember bits and pieces that you're getting inspired in the beginning, but fill me in on all the details I want to hear. So How to Human is written from the perspective of me as an alien here on planet Earth, which is pretty close to how I feel most days. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was telling my, yeah, I was telling my friend recently though, I was like, I'm not sure I'm qualified to write this because I'm still trying to figure out how to human. And I was really actually struggling recently. And I was talking to my editor, who's also a really good friend. And I was telling her just, oh, I'm struggling with this. And I kind of fucked up in this way and da, da, da. And she said, I think you should read your book. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I probably should. So I think that the, I think the humbling thing about putting something out there is maybe feeling like you need to be elevated or perfect or have it all figured out. And I just don't. I'm still figuring out how to human, right? Like I'm still figuring it out. And that's also part of being a human is that we're just going to keep muddling through it and keep trying to figure our, figure our shit out. And that's just, yeah, that's like another aspect of it. Yeah, your job is to make mistakes. And I think if you're not making mistakes, then you're not really like living. One of the edgy things I love to say and remind myself is like playing it safe is the sometimes the most dangerous thing you can do. And I think mm-hmm. I wish people I was talking to a pregnant client who's about to pop out a baby earlier today. And I was like, I wish people would just be more honest about motherhood because yes, it's transcendent. Yes, it's beautiful. Oh my gosh, the love, you know, it's powerful, right? But it also sucks. There is some really, it's sort of an an impossible role. And I mean, I only have one child, one strong-willed child, but still one, you know. I don't know how people who have multiples or mamas, you know, it's challenging. And I wish people were a little more transparent about the struggles. But I think it is sort of like, not that this is limited to Christians, but I think it's just like everyone's faking good. Everyone wants to, especially with social media, we want to present ourselves like we have our shit together. And yet when I really... The people that I love to follow, you know, they're real and they're messy and they share the good stuff and they share the bad stuff. And I think that that is what we need more of, especially, you know, in times like these where we're all going through it. Right. Oh, yeah. I I completely agree. Yes. <laughs> messy. And I think we grow in chaos. We grow in the mess and we grow in the chaos. I was just, I was talking to my friend last night and I told him that, you know, I could have, I could have played it safe and I could have stayed married in a heterosexual monogamous expected Mm -hmm. marriage with my three children. And, and we would, and I would have been okay. And I also would have stayed small and I wouldn't have grown and I wouldn't have evolved and I wouldn't have experienced all these things. And, and I would have been really sad. And I would have been depressed and, and I don't know, it's playing small is safe, but it's not, it's safe in some ways and it's like dangerous in others. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yes. And I'm glad you speak to that yeah. divorce narrative. And I think that that is such an important piece because I've had so many clients who said, I wish my parents would have been divorced because it was so dysfunctional and they fought mm-hmm. all the time and things. And I think those are just things you don't really hear unless you're like a therapist, maybe, and people are confiding in you. 
But I think, you know, I've seen some of my close friends and clients that get divorced and have it be an extremely empowering process and their kids are good and like they're co-parenting yeah. in beautiful ways with their partners, even if they had maybe difficult dynamics with them. And so I just, I wish that that was a more common narrative. And oh, I think yeah. Right, like the Glennons and and, and the Katie's and, you know, those of us that are like bringing that. I do. Possibility forward. I do wish there yeah. was, I was talking to my, yeah, I was talking to my therapist recently and I was like, I wish there was a different word for ex-husband because yeah. everyone assumes ex-husband and it's this heaviness, right? And my ex-husband is, is also one of my best friends and is also my like co-parent and is also like forever in my life and is also my partner and is and 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 so it's I do think that we are evolving as far as what can family look like and it doesn't have to like I just said hetero doesn't have to be heteronormative married living in the same house you know whatever I think that for Dan and I we have had this evolution of what our family looks like. And we have not always been successful at labeling it or explaining it to other people, but we have always had a tremendous amount of love and love between our children and us in which they feel extremely stable and safe. And they seem to be, they seem to have a greater understanding and security than maybe sometimes even we do. So recent I'm I'm dating someone and I I just think the world of him and he's been just a huge I could talk about that but that might be for anyways my daughter said to me last night she said which boyfriend is your favorite daddy or Brandon and I said I said well I love them both and I will always you know but I will always love your daddy because he's so special to me and he brought you into my life and he's one of my best friends and this and that and I said and I love Brandon because he is you know he has supported me so much recently and he you know but he's also new in my life and so we're still getting to know him I'm still getting to know him you're still getting to know him we're we're evolving and I was like so it's not really like a we don't need to like rank people, right? But we can hold space for much love, you know? And also then she's, and my new favorite color is pink, you know, because I don't know. That's how <laughs> children are. You're like diving in and you're like, yes, let's discuss. Yeah, discuss let's yeah. discuss expansion. Let's just, and like, they're like, and have you checked out the latest Barbie? I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I thought we were going deep, but this is good. Barbie, so, is a group, right? <laughs> but, and I did. I kind of love that she said that to me yeah. because it's it's just accepted. Like it's just mm-hmm. I've never sat down and said, "Hey, I mean, we have had many conversations, and they we Dan and I don't. We lived together again. We got divorced, and then we lived together again during COVID, and then I moved out, and then we lived together again when I broke my neck, and he took care of me, and so." I mean, life for us is fluid. Right now we do not right now we do not live together. But we we do a lot together. We're together a lot. We're together as a family as much as we can. And also I have separate time and he has separate time and we are still trying to figure out the balance. 
and it works really well for us. I, I, it's okay if it doesn't work well for other people. I'm not trying to preach it or make it. A, and that's also part of what I'm, I guess it's part of the nervousness, right? And standing in my truth and also realizing that I have really struggled with not being an evangelical to the evangelicals because is that not then hypocritical if I come out and I say, this is how you should live when I, so I used to do that, right? For the first 30 years of my life, I was like, this is how you should live. And this is how you get to heaven. And this is a sin and this isn't whatever. And then all that kind of crumbled. And I was like, wait, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this isn't right. And I definitely don't want to do that now. I definitely don't want to come back and say, well, now this is how you should live. And this is, but I do think there is power in saying, this is what's working for me. This is what's working for us. And I feel closer to myself than I ever have. I feel like I'm moving in my truth and living in my light. And I'm, you know, so incredibly happy and all of these things. And also that doesn't mean that the way that I'm living has to be the way that you're living, you know? Agreed. Yeah. And I think that's true sovereignty to let people decide what's right for them. And there's so many possibilities. And I think your story is very permission giving. And yeah, it's, you know, take what you want and leave the rest. And I think that's partly why people get so offended on the internet. I was getting triggered by a post where someone was talking negatively about therapy and, you know, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, okay, well, actually this like post doesn't even apply to me. Like, why am I getting offended by it? I'm not probably the one she's speaking to. I'm not the ideal client here. You know what I mean? So who cares? That's fine. You know? So I think we sometimes just take it personally. And what I teach in treatment a lot of times is like Q-tip, which is quit taking it personally. And I just want to say I like tear it up a little bit. It does surprise me, but I feel like I feel like we're getting into a more multidimensional sort of reality. And a lot of people have had their own reality shattered over the past few years with so many world changes. And I know in my life, I feel like a lot of what I used to believe I no longer feel is true. And, you know, I guess that's evolution and change. And, you know, evolution can even sometimes be a scary word for people, but you know, I think that that's good stuff. And I think like we need more love. And so it makes total sense to me that you would love more than one person. And I think that that is, is a beautiful narrative. One thing I want to just kind of touch on is like, do you care to share the story of manifesting your house? Because that was something that came out of Fearless Feminine. That I thought was just such a beautiful, like women working together to make things happen. And then I would love to hear like a few little brags about you're in New York, you're working for a social media company, you're working on your book. Like, yeah, I feel okay. like manifested some major Okay, stuff. so this is, uh, okay, yeah, this is a really fun part of my story. Okay. So, okay, so yeah, the house that I live in, I just adore it. It's like a 1930s, 40s, very historical home in a historical neighborhood. And when I found out that it was going to be listed for sale, I tried to get pre-approved and I was like a certain amount short. And I went to the beach with my friend. This is right before I broke my neck. And I told her, I was like, yeah, I just need the $30,000. And she was like, easy. We're going to manifest it. And I was like, okay. yes, let's manifest, you know, like $30,000, you know. And anyways, she, a long story, they ended up not listing the house anyway. I ended up breaking my neck, moved back in with Dan for a little bit, trying to figure out what I'm doing. And they reached back out to me in the late fall and said, you know, we have decided to list it. And 
you know, I was talking to them and I just, I loved this house, but it just wasn't quite in my budget. And I just came back and I was like, you know, I totally understand if you guys, you guys do what you want to do, but this is, this is what I can do. And they came back and they're like, okay, let's do it. Let's just, you know, let's, let's do that. And, um, Wait, you want the realtor? Yeah, she, she and I, without a realtor, yeah, she was just like, let's just do, you know, sale to sale. And then we save on realtor fees and the amount of realtor fees that we'd be saving of like the amount that you need off of the house. And so let's just do that. And, and so that was, I was like, just blown away by that. And then, oh, I, I, I will, I know we're like short on time and I really, really want to show you this. So I, my room, one of the first things I did was I wallpapered, I wallpapered the ceiling. Love it. And it's, it's cheetahs from Glennon Doyle's I'm a goddamn cheetah. They were like subtle cheetahs, but they're blue cheetahs. So I wake up every morning and I look at my ceiling and I'm like, I'm a goddamn cheetah. I love it. So, so I have been redoing my house and working on my house since I got on my neck brace. And yeah, I closed on my house while I was still in a neck brace. And then I'm, I moved in once I got out of it. And then I just started, have started working on that. And then in so my friend Rebecca and I, we were supposed to go to New York. She's the one, she's the mega manifester, the one that I was in the, at the beach with. So we were supposed to go to New York in the fall. We had to reschedule because I broke my neck. And so we decided to go in January. And she had a meeting or she, she became TikTok famous. That's a whole other thing. But so she had an agent reach out to her. Anyways, yada, yada, yada. She was had this dinner meeting thing and I went one way I decided to do I was doing an aura photography shoot somewhere she was doing this long story short she was still at this meeting about this social media stuff and with these producers and she told me to come meet them and I was like well you know I I don't know I was like no I'll just go to the hotel and she bribed me she told me there's lobster and steak and please come and so I was like Okay, fine. So I go and I walk in and it was like, I, I don't know if you've ever had one of those nights where, or just times where you're around people that are just so energetically in tune and aligned with you, but that's what it was. It was like, we were just all, there's the synergy was so beautiful. And so many times I was like, wait, what's happening? Is this a work meeting or is this not? Cause we were just talking about life and the way that you are and we were all sharing our stories and whatever and it was just like this beautiful synergy and that one of the guys sitting next to me at one point turned to me and he said I've been asking the universe for you and I said oh yeah I've been asking the universe for me too I've been on a whole journey trying to find me oh my god and okay. I, was, I was like it's I was like, it's good to meet me, isn't it? You know, like I just, was, I mean, we had also been drinking some wine and whatever, but he just kept laying it on. And I was like, man, this guy has a lot of lines. <laughs> and then finally I said something about being kid, having, we came up, we we're talking about kids. And he said, oh, you have kids. And I said, yeah, three, three children, <laughs> like of a lot of them. And he was like, well, I just, I just told the universe I would be open to dating someone with kids. And I was like, really? Because I wouldn't, I would not do it. But 
more power to you. Okay. I love speaking so this truth given the warnings of what This continued to happen. And after an hour, I was like, are you actually hitting on me? And he was like, yes, I'm very interested in dating you, pursuing you, you in my life. And I was like, you do not want to date me. And I don't want to. No, 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 no. And he was like, why not? And I said, I was like, okay, for real, this is what's going on. I said, I have been on this huge journey to find myself. And I, I have dated people and I have, you know, whatever, and it, and it hasn't worked out and I've lost to myself. And I'm so committed at this point to myself and to my family and to the father of my children and to the universe and to evolving and to writing a book and to people. And I do not want to get sucked into some kind of relationship where it's whatever. And I was like, so I get that you're like into me because whatever, like this. So I said, but I want to be fully in me. I want to be in my power. I want to write my book. I want to be partnered with my, I want to be partnered in a very like cohesive way with the father of my children. And yeah, and I want to be free to love people as I meet them, but I don't, I don't, want to lose myself and someone else. And he said, when we get married, I want all of those things for you too. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> Anyways, yes, this is Brandon. <laughs> he is now, is that why you're there? He lives in New York and he owns, so he owns a studio and I am a photographer and he and it just has cohesively worked out. So yes, so now I run his social media and go out there at least. I've been going out there twice a month, but I'm hoping he can start coming here more. And the last time I took Zoe with me, so mm -hmm. she got to meet him. But okay. yeah, so now I'm a part-time New Yorker. And honestly, I feel like I'm living my best life, Megan. Like this is not what I would have envisioned but but I don't know it's so perfect because when I'm here in Knoxville Dan and I have our family and we yeah. we and he and he's dating people but we still have this really protected family and Brandon loves it he doesn't he doesn't want children of his own and he is so happy that I have that and that that's not you know he like he he is supportive and also loves that we're a family Brandon also has taught me a lot about polyamory and open relationships. And I'm reading a book called The Ethical Slut. And he is well more versed in this than me. And so it's really interesting just talking to him and hearing his perspective. And it's, you know, he recently told me, he was like, oh, I, I don't fuck with jealousy anymore because it doesn't add anything to my life. And I was like, I didn't know this was something I could just opt out of. Yeah. <laughs> It is. I would, I too would like to not fuck with jealousy. How do I, how does one do that? So, and jealousy, I feel really like it's been a really, sorry, jealousy is fear of losing the other person. And so I think like ethical non monogamy takes that off the table. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've worked with a lot of clients and a lot of my sex and relationship coach friends are into that. And I've learned a lot. And it's, you know, I don't think it's really that natural to be monogamous. <laughs> like it's it's a lot of work, you know, and especially when yeah. you want to go live your best life and have all the options. Like I've definitely seen some of my divorced mom friends, you know, the one week on one week off and they're traveling the world and dating and exploring like that sounds pretty cool to me. 
So, Mm -hmm. you know, good for you on that. And I do think that that is a powerful piece. And I think people think that a lot of it is all about sex. And, you know, a lot of it is about talking. (laughs) Like you have to be an exquisite communicator to really make that work. Oh, yeah. Lots of conversations for sure. (laughs) Yeah. At the beginning of this relationship, I said something like, maybe we should just don't ask, don't tell. And he was like, no, we, we, that isn't, that's not healthy. <laughs> that's not the way this works. It's like lots of communication. So anyways, still learning, still evolving. Well, still we're going to have back to hear like part three, when you get the book published and hear what your New York life is and whatever you're dabbling in next. So definitely to be continued. We can do the next interview in New York. We can show you. Oh my God. Yeah. I would love an excuse to come to New York for sure. Well, Katie, I really feel like you embody fearless feminine. Obviously, you were already on this journey before you found me and my program, but I just want to say you are it. And, you know, I'm just, it takes so much courage. And I do feel like you do have to go through those dark night of the souls where you feel like your life is crumbling to get to the other side where the new life is being born. And I just feel like you're going to help so many people and you already have. And, you know, that people can feel safe reaching out to you with like their secret shame that they don't even need to be ashamed of you know is is really powerful so I think you're here to do really important work and it's interesting to hear I didn't realize the ministering mommy blogger part one version until you really talked about it on the podcast now so I mean I really had that feeling when you joined was like oh my god this is definitely like the next gun and Doyle and I'm I mean I think just like her and Elizabeth Gilbert you know sort of like brought the eat pray love revolutions on you know and the untamed revolutions i feel like you and i are definitely next generation voices carrying that same you know memoir permission giving style forward you, whether through speaking, speaking like, like the really or books you know it's, i feel like that's really powerful and love i was like what's she up to and i saw you write that post and i was like oh damn okay she's like a new yorker publishing her book like running a social media company like loves the rest of it so i definitely want to grab lunch with you soon and hear like the real real yeah. version that's not for public view so i can't wait for that but tell the people where they can find you because i mean i think your story is so inspiring and you're so real and well i have to tell you that i have so this is this is my next thing that i need to do is re-emerge publicly because i Right now, I'm still not really findable. Okay. So that's the next part. Like well, before I publish the book. Them. Like let's react yeah. to some links and I'll put them in the show notes and we'll send some people your way. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's the next version is be findable. Because right now I'm still kind of not, except in my private, <laughs> private accounts. But I have actually, yes, I have been putting feet, I, I know I need to do that. I'm going to become public again. Yes. Okay. Well, this is my next step. Let's make that your goal and we'll put you a deadline to okay. put okay. Notes, okay. everything else. Or do you want to just, That'll be me, if people want to like, search, you know, search your Facebook profile or whatever. I'm Katie Leverance. I'm probably going to publish under Kate Leverance, K-A-T-E-L-E-B-E-R-E-N-Z. And so most likely my Instagram will be at Kate Leverance <laughs> if I ever get it up. Yay. 
Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so glad this worked out for today. And I love, I love catching up with my fearless feminine ladies because wow, talk about some pro manifestors and just, you know, I mean, it hasn't been that long and you've already stepped into it. No, no, it really hasn't. And I feel like I'm in a completely different space, a completely different space. I also will say that I think with manifesting, I am always blown away at like how I throw out little things and the universe really hears it. I would say that's like what I have to just encourage you is or your listeners, like just Mm -hmm. throw it out there and the universe listens. Like one of the one of the things I was telling people, I have a double sink in my my bathroom, my master, you know, sweet bathroom. And I I kept saying, well, this one is for my my international lover, (laughs) which and and I would just be like, you know, he doesn't live here, but I just, I go see him and we travel. And so when I met Brandon, three days later, we booked a trip to the DR. We went to the Dominican Republic for 12 days. And I was like, oh, you are my international lover. <laughs> this is great. I have a sink for you back home if you want to go. I've noticed that, that, you know, when I'm really excited about something, but then totally let it go and surrender and even maybe think like, is when that thing mm-hmm. actually circles all the way back around and finds me. And mm-hmm. you know, this is divine feminine revolution, right? But I definitely have a strong masculine and I'm really doing a lot of healing to really, really fully embody that like surrender divine feminine where like I'm open to receive what is meant for me and I don't have to make it. I just, you know, right. am aligned and it, it yeah. reveals itself. So Thank you yes. so much for sharing your story. And yeah, thanks. So yeah. good to see you. It's so good. And I'm so glad this worked out and the internet held. So thank you, Mercury Retrograde God. Yeah. A little prayer. <laughs> Please let this interview complete. So thank you all so much. Thanks for watching and see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.